Get ready for some more scary nightmares there, uh, retro movie lovers. We are back. We are happy to be dipping even further into the horror realm now. A lot of horror shows, you know, that we've done in the past have been popular. But we, we cranked a lot of them out around, like, Halloween time, didn't we, Corey? Yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily call this movie a horror movie, but I'm. why don't you tell them what we're doing first? Yeah, first of all, we're taking a, a trip down memory lane and we're getting very scary and very erotic with A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Please be considerate and don't talk during the show. Now, I'm so excited to be doing this movie. You know why? Hmm, tell me. Well, I haven't talked to you in a little bit, and the Extreme Rules pay-per-view was just about a week ago. Oh, I watched it. And, and I know because I hate this fucking movie so much, maybe we can discuss it a little bit. <laughs> okay, the Extreme Rules. And, and we're showing it, fans. This will be a few pay-per-views have, will have aired since you heard this. Yes, we do record this show early. <laughs> interesting. So, yeah, so I actually love this movie, so I think this is going to be an interesting show. Oh, did ahead. you love Extreme Rules? I liked Extreme Rules. In all honesty, since, I think since we got the network, which was like two WrestleManias ago, I think it was the best WWE pay-per-view that I've seen. Holy shit, let's talk let's about that. You actually liked the Ambrose Asylum match. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Let, let, let's save it for, because, you know, there was like a lot of mops and brooms and shit in the asylum. And Freddy's got a boiler room that he works in. We'll be seeing Kind of like when Mankind's specialty match was the boiler room brawl. That's right. All right, so we're going to go to get the movie rolling. Uh, just a whatever, if you want to sync it up here, you don't have to, you know. You can just listen to the show even if you don't have the DVD. The DVD and the Blu-ray releases have different opening logos, uh, depending on what version you have. Corey's watching the DVD. I'm watching the Blu-ray. So we're actually going to let the movie go past the opening logo and get into the movie a little bit. The very beginning where the movie starts out, the very first shot is a school bus going down the street, and where it says New Line Cinema... Heron Communications Inc. and uh, Smart Egg Pictures present. We got it freezed on that uh, screen right there. So it's just a street shot of a bus saying New Line Cinema, blah, 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 present. All right, I'm going to say one, two, three, go. When I say go, hit play on your remote or your portable DVD player. Or, hell, maybe people are watching this like on an iPod by this. We don't even know. We're we're still on the disc. Maybe you're streaming. We got to stress, though, you don't need to even be watching this. You can just be listening to to us at work. Yeah. You you, you could listen to us while you fall asleep if you wanted to and have scary dreams. Or if you really want to fall asleep, if you really want to fall asleep, head on over to the Second Run Podcast. I'm telling you, you put this shit on, you out like a mackerel within three minutes. The slow, the slow hand, I hate to tell you, Corey, but the slow hand Civil War is over. We have to, we have to call it a day. But uh, are you ready there, Corey? Did you back off? No, no, I'll explain all in due time. Don't worry. Are you ready to get Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 Freddy's Erotic Revenge going here? I'm ready. All right, everybody. One, two, three, go. All right, here we go. The bus going down the street. Why is the slow hand Civil War over? Because, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much. Uh, let's put it this way. Jelly has other podcasting plans. So does the source. 
they might be starting a, a new uh, podcast venture. So, so for right now, you know, it's over, I guess. So they're going to bore us in other formats. You said it, not me. I'll I'll, okay. I'll wait and reserve judgment until I hear Source in all his full glory on his new spinoff show. But yeah, the opening credits flew out there. Freddy, it was like Nightmare on the Street Part 2, and then Freddy's Revenge came up separate. And it was like a nice big chrome Terminator 2 logo. I, th- I found that very strange. Um, yeah, this whole movie... I don't know the backstory of this film, but it, it, it this is one of the worst sequels, I think, of any movie I've ever seen. Actually, no. Hmm. It's between this and RoboCop 2 as far as worst sequels. See, I actually, and we'll we'll bring it up as it comes along, I actually think this is a really good movie. Like, this is the really? first... Yeah, this is the first Nightmare I've seen. The reason I think a lot of diehard fans hate it is everybody says it breaks the rules of Freddy. But There's the no rules of Freddy. Well, the thing about it is, 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 is like... You know, I'm not going to sit here and cover and make excuses for these filmmakers who pump this thing out in like 10 months to cash in on a quick sequel. But the actual truth of it, which I've never heard anybody say, is Freddy's actually doing something completely different with his powers in this movie than than he is. You know, there's still a few little lapses of judgment, but it's not as bad as people make it out to be. See, like, I didn't mind that he, you know, he came out and any of that. I, I didn't mind. Speaking of come out, I didn't mind that this was like one of the gayest fucking movies ever made. But... I just see there was I something about it. That. It was see now. I just think the movie is very. It's so to me. It's just slower than a, a, a Jallo film. How could that be? The movie's only eighty five minutes long. Eighty five minutes. We've been watching this for twenty three minutes already, and this kid is still on the bus. No, we have. We've the been kid, talking about a kid who it's a kid who it's revealed in the next scene owns a fucking car. Yeah, but that's this is well, you know, spoilers, whatever. This is a dream, and I think she, if you think about the first, and, and you gotta agree with me on this, cousin. If you think about the first Nightmare on Elm Street, very good, very good dream sequences. But it was a lot of them just walking down a normal street, like you know, wondering if they're in a dream or not. Like this opening sequence, like they put a lot more money into this opening part than probably the whole previous movie, because like. The bus goes off the uh, road here. Like the ground is going to fall away. They have a good like miniature shot of the bus and shit. That's Freddy. You know, it just took him like off the edge of a cliff, about to fall over. Like there's some. Real I think I think effects. what hurt it though is this guy's hair looks terrible. This well, is some Dean Ambrose hair only combed. <laughs> the first movie you had the beautiful hair of Johnny Depp. And let me just say, Amber Heard, if you need protection from Johnny Depp, oh, she don't you come protection. give me a call. I got, even though we know he didn't do nothing to your gold digging ass, I, I got you. I protect you. Getting controversial. I'll, I'll wait and see what the judge says in the case before I pass judgment. She's hot. Well, yeah, but that has nothing to do with it. But What's she doing with that old man, though? I mean, all defense, Johnny Depp's, what, 68? Well, because if you divorce him, then you can ask for $35 million, which she's doing, so. She's hot. I got 35 bucks she can have. Her, apparently, her acting career is not going very good, but that's besides the point. Okay, did she ever have an acting career? Okay, let's see. The Ward Machete Kills... And uh, Drive Angry, which Drive Angry is one of my top ten favorite movies, to be honest with you. What about Three Days to Kill, The Informers? Never saw it, never saw it. Did see Never Back Down, though. Yeah, that movie's not that great, I don't think. No, it's not. These two girls are 80s cute, though. Yeah. Ready to go into a fucking hole. 
Yeah, the um, speaking, you're talking about you know this this new lead character here, Jesse. He doesn't have depth hair. Well, I mean, this scene he's playing a nerd, so it's like all greased down. But they said actually, I, I saw the interview with the director. He actually said the reason they hired this guy, and, and everybody criticizes it, you know, saying like uh, he's very feminine and all this. But he said, like, they actually cast him, and you'll see the rest of the movie when his hair's all feathered up. They actually cast him because they thought he could be a Johnny Depp type, if you think about how Depp was back then. This guy could be Dean Ambrose's understudy. (laughs) In what, hair grease? I don't know. He kind of, Dean Ambrose, though, I think I might have said on another podcast, got to shake his hand, son got to shake his hand. Class A, that's my man, go to movies, Ambrosified. Dean Ambrose, number one. That's right. Here we have Freddy, and I think this is a great nightmare sequence because basically, like, a, well, it is a nightmare. Like, the ground just fell away. The bus is, like, in the center is teetering on this, like, big, basically giant, like, stalactite or stalagmite, whatever, in the desert. And, like, the kids want to go to the back of the bus, obviously, to get as far away from Freddy as you can. He's walking down the aisle. But the more you try to get to the back of the bus, the more the bus is, like, about to fall off the cliff. That's That's a well thought out, you know. And as Dusty Rhodes would say, and he actually has said it is teetering on tottering, baby. It is. And, and the dream is over and we're here cutting tomatoes. Well, that's the thing is like right before Freddy slashes him. <laughs> and I understand it was a good thematically cut. They they cut to a close up of a tomato being sliced because it's red. And, you know, that shock value of like all of a sudden, like you see something big and red on the screen. Kind of before you can see, figure out what it is with your brain. You might think it's a big gory thing. But it's actually the mom was slicing tomatoes. And here's the thing, though. She was slicing tomatoes, put them on the table. It's breakfast. The little girl's eating cereal. Who's going to have tomatoes with their cereal? Haven't you ever had vegetable omelets? Maybe she hasn't got the eggs ready yet. That could be, but I didn't see anything. But but, You you know what I had for breakfast today? What's that? You know what I had for breakfast? Bootios. No, you didn't, because they don't exist. That's why I'm not straight booty. I'll show you the box. <laughs> the only thing in that bootio cereal box was a t-shirt, cousin. Actually, they don't do that anymore. If you go to a live show, the shirt is 35 bucks, and it costs you an extra five to buy the box. That's horrible. Can you just buy the box by itself for five? For ten. Oh, for ten. Wow. It's cheaper. It's like a shirt. combo deal to get the shirt. I didn't actually buy it because I li- I don't like the Bootio shirt. Like to me, either. it looks as racist as fuck. If you it look does. at it, it does. I like the one where they're all like on top of each other on a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. Now here we. I hit. also like the brand new certified G shirt by Enzo and Big Cass. I, I saw uh, Big Cass wearing that last night on Raw. Uh, here we have the father played by Jean Reveteran Clue Gulliger. I thought he was actually a good choice for this. Playing a dirty, he's playing like a real nerdy father in this one. Usually, he kind of looks cool like guy. um, he looks like uh, the guy from Police Academy. <laughs> not not the Fackler, the one from the first one, mm-hmm. the one whose wife was trying oh, to yeah, stop. That's yeah. kind of reminds me. Of. I watched that again the other day with my kid. <laughs> yeah, I actually watched part one a little while ago when I got that box set, and I watched most of part two there. I'm gonna probably finish it tonight. So uh, there could be some Academy hijinks coming your way, Graveyard listeners. Everybody loves Police Academy. You know another one that seems to be very requested? Mm. I'm saying requested. I'm just judging by picture likes. Back to school. Oh, I I have the Blu-ray. We'll have to do it. I need to order the Blu-ray. I don't even have the DVD for some odd reason. That's Yeah, the Blu-ray is good, man. I got it for like seven bucks when it was like brand new, first came out. 
Is it like the back to college edition where he's like yeah. by the chalkboard? Okay. Yeah, it's that one. Now, that was a weird scene. Like, he come out of his house to go to the first day at his new school, and he's already got a girlfriend waiting in his car. <laughs> Did you notice that? Well, he's a, maybe he lived there during the summer. That could be too. What kind of shitty ass field is this? It's like a dirt mound. Oh, it's, it's like a dirt there. field. I think it's a Burbank, California, <laughs> dry as hell dirt mound. Field. This, was this filmed in California? I'm pretty sure. It, it looks like it. it. Like a lot of like, because I know the house, the Freddy house, is like in Pasadena or somewhere. Okay, this is what I don't understand. Because let's talk about the Freddy house for a second. Is first of all, I don't understand how New Line just didn't buy that house, considering how many movies they filmed there. They kept renting it out like dumbasses. <laughs> but uh, I think about five years ago, somebody did like I think it was just like somebody. It might have been that Sean Clark guy who does like the movie locations videos, or it might have just been somebody else. But somebody went in. It was some girl. I think some single girl, probably in her early thirties, had bought the house, and the house had like really gotten to disrepair. Whoever had owned it over the years, like let it get all shitty. And uh, I found that interesting just because, like, you would think, uh, you know, some... Because it's actually not a bad house, at least the way it was in these movies. Um, you think somebody, like an Elm Street freak, would have bought that house at some point in time. Wasn't the, what, Who owns the, the Michael Myers house? Well, I don't know about right now because I haven't read anything, like, really updated on it. But I know in, the, like, the 90s when Anchor Bay was putting on a release of Halloween every week, they said the house actually got moved down the street, like, picked up and moved. And it was turned into a chiropractor's office. So I don't think anybody, like, lives, you know, owns it in terms of living in it as a house. And let me just say, that was the, the saddest fight I've ever seen. These two guys rolling around, pulling off each other's pants. Yeah, let's talk and about now this. And now they're doing girl sit-ups yeah, this girl was, push-ups. Yeah, they were. This is the introduction of Robert Rustler as a school bully, Grady. He was, uh, I guess at this point, known for weird science and vamp. Uh, he plays like... Like, like again, like, I don't know, like, he's, like, the bully, but then him and the kid he's bullying, Jesse, the main guy, like, they become friends real quick. I didn't get that either. Well, I didn't get how the bully is smaller than the main guy. <laughs> well, they're about the same size. You gotta measure... That chick's pretty cute. I gotta say, she's pretty cute. You know, I'm actually glad you said that, because I always thought she had, you know, not a Hollywood look, but, but still just a, you know, a normal person. Girl with, next door. Yeah, high school girl good-looking girl and i always hear everybody like when they talk about this movie rag about how ugly she is i don't think so at all yeah you know who was looking good yesterday cousin who dana brooke mm. i have to disagree <laughs> with you because yesterday what her, the hell her ass was jiggling like horrible oh, like this I'll tell you who. when no. she came to nxt her gimmick was that she was a bodybuilder and like She's she almost looked arms. like a man with like them veins popping out and and I hadn't I hadn't watched her in NXT because I I quit watching NXT maybe about nine months ago and then I just caught up with her where she's on the main roster she got flabby cause no oh, she's got jacked up arms what are you talking about she's pretty fl- like like when she was like whatever she wrestled Natty last night when she was like trying to like get on top of Natty and pin her her ass was jiggling the whole time ah uh, you're insane cause Natty looks good too yeah Natty's like always looks the same always the same I'll tell you who looks from. nasty is that is the Rock's cousin there in, in NXT that Nia Jax did you confirm her is she really his cousin I don't know I think she might be as much his cousin as Roman Reigns <laughs> Uh, Rock got real fat for that uh, that new Kevin Hart movie. You see him in the trailer; he's like fat in the shower, singing with the afro. And then he was still able to burn it all off later in the movie and look jacked. Yeah, figure that one out, fans. 
I'm trying to figure out how John Cena came back from an injury within five months. I bet it was special vitamins. I bet he found an old Just leftover saying. case of IcoPro. IcoPro, and then I think lifting Nikki Bella's shoes. Yeah. Because I got to ask you about this. Uh, from your former jobs, did you ever wear these like hospital clothes? Yeah. Yeah, I had to scrubs. Yeah, when you worked with the animals and all that. Actually, if I go to a hospital now to do any work in their uh, sterile areas, like the OR and that, I have to wear them because, yeah, you got to be clean. Now, he's wearing just the top part. Is um, He's got, like, jeans on on his legs, but he's wearing the top part as, um, as, like, a pajama. Are they really that comfortable? Yeah. uh, No. God, no. They're stiff. But here's what makes no sense. Tell me if you understand this. Because it's a clean area that I have to go into sometimes. Right. I have to wear, uh, like, a cap, and they have, like, bandanas for bald guys. So I have to wear, like, a bandana, a surgical bandana when I go into right. the surgical area, even though my head shaved. Right. Yet, I don't, yet I don't have to wear anything on my face where, you where have I have a beard. A beard. <laughs> <laughs> that really doesn't make any sense. No, I never got that. Now, this is, and I, you know, people say this is a bad movie, whatever. I actually really like this part of the movie. Like, you know, I love the opening scene. Then we kind of just had to, you know, show them what this kid's like in high school. That was whatever. But I like it now because, like, they kind of, like, catch you up with some Freddy lore here. And it all matches up with the first one pretty good. Like, he, he sees, you know, he's in a dream, but he don't know that. He sees Freddy outside. He goes out. He looks in the, you know, the basement and whatever. He sees Freddy getting his glove out of the boiler room and shit. He, like... You know, do you, I mean, I guess they just did just move here, but do you find it hard to believe that, like, within five, because supposedly it was only, like, a year in between this and the other one came out in the theater, but story-wise, this is supposed to be five years after the original. Can you believe that everybody forgot about Freddy Krueger in five years? I want to know who, who fucking helped uh, redid that house, because, I mean, they had it all trashed up and a fire and everything in it. Yeah. Well, like, a little later, the dad explains, like, you know, because he brings up, like, oh, I heard that a girl went crazy in this house and all this. And the dad brings up, like, how they got a good deal. But, like, he said there was nothing wrong with the house, so maybe they fixed it up before they sold it to him. Well, what makes no sense is you're left to believe at the end of the first one when the... And I know they shot the three endings that, you know, Nancy and all them got taken by Freddie and they're all murdered. Right. But Nancy comes back in part three. Right. So I mean, the that ending was said what happened to her friends. Yeah, see, it, 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 uh, they all got killed. Hands. They all got killed. Well, first of all, let's talk about this scene real quick. This is my favorite scene of the movie when I was a kid, when Freddy rips his skull oh, yeah. off. And like, oh, yeah. I remember the special effect guys always said it sucked because the effect broke and you, only like a little part of the brain is like pumping. I don't even think it they needed. The, yeah, it's. A, I don't think they needed that cheesy pumping. Just the fact that you saw his brain and it actually looked real. It didn't didn't look like he was wearing like a big hat on top of his head the way it usually does. You know what I mean? And the way it was dark with the blue lighting and everything, mm-hmm. it looked okay. Yeah, I, plus I, it was it was one of the first times you actually heard him kind of crack out, crack wise, so to speak, because that's what he became known as. He was. He was funny. By the time Part Three came out, which Three is my favorite, he he, he was a, a comedian. Yeah, he was very funny in Part Three. I mean, he it really wasn't even so much as a one-liner. He just tells him. He says, "He says, Jesse, uh, you got the body. I got the brain. Pretty much just tell him like, hey, I'm going to possess you. You know what I mean? Made made famous in that song by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Right. <laughs> Whatever happened to the Fresh Prince? 
Fresh Prince? I don't know. I think he went back to Philadelphia where he's born and raised, right? I like that TV show a lot. There's a guy named Will Smith that kind of looks like him, but that dude sucks. Yeah, Will Smith sucks. You hear me, Will Smith? You suck. You have no talent. Your kid sucks. Your kid should team up with Brooke Hogan, make an album. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> now, what you, okay, I got to call you on that, though. What do you think of Jaden Smith? He's trying to get Fast and the Furious 9.5 off the ground, Eyes on Nico. Do you think I'm, I'm going to have to protest that one. Okay. His Karate Kid remake was such bullshit. Yeah, it was. I thought this was a good scene, too, where the bully Grady fucks with him again because uh, he's falling asleep in class because, you know, he's having all these nightmares. A snake comes up on his shoulder, so you think, oh, this is he's in the nightmare. You know, they did a good job of faking you out. They go, oh, he's he's in the nightmare again. But it turns out it really was, was like the python from the back of the, the room or whatever, and they put it on him as a prank. We used to just throw paper in people's mouths when it was open. We didn't get this elaborate, you know, planting snakes. I'm not Jake the Snake here. <laughs> He, did, he didn't keep Damien in your lunch bag. <laughs> no. I get to meet him uh, next month. Jake the Snake? Yeah, but I'm not looking forward to it. He could be clean all you want, but that fucker still probably no-show the event. Yeah. <laughs> he might be too busy doing his uh, yoga. <laughs> you know, they make this big documentary, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Why the fuck ain't it out on DVD yet? Yeah, only available on iTunes and, and available for Academy Award screeners. Yes, for, for $10, I can rent it on iTunes. <laughs> That's how they get you. Now here's just uh, whatever scene of the, the girlfriend like swimming. Yeah, she you know even in a bathing suit she looks good. I don't I don't know what all these haters are going on about. No, I think she looks cute. she's cute. She don't look like you said she doesn't look like Amber Heard glamorous. She just looks no. like girl next door kind of cute. But in the long run, you might be better off having her instead of Amber Heard. Oh, oh, exactly. Now, uh, Jennifer Aniston, she everybody says, oh, well, she's just girl next door cute. So is this chick. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Jennifer Aniston's cute. She just needs to learn how to smile. She always looks depressed. Yeah, she does. She can't get it. She's only crazy. made like one good movie in her career, so I'm sorry. Yeah. Now, he was all dressed up. And that's another thing everybody says, oh, this movie's gay. This movie. Okay, the actor who plays Jesse, it turned out, well, it didn't turn out. It just, you know, people found out later that in real life the actor was gay. Okay. Just because no, of, it had nothing to do with that or the way it looked. It was just all those weird scenes with the bully, you know. Right. Or, and no, it's just kind of creepy. Like, are, I don't the think bully the movie, is always like pulling his clothes off. <laughs> yeah, see, and when they fight, they roll around, and it, 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 it's just locker room scenes and all. It's like I got no problem with it, but yeah, I always got that tone that they were supposed to be. I always got from it that the bully actually had a crush on. It. I mean, that could be because the bully is supposed to be popular, but you really never see him with any girls. No. But I don't think the main character is, I mean, first of all, he's not gay in it because the whole movie is a, you know, a true love conquers horror movie, whatever, villain, you know. So, I mean, if if he really wasn't, and I saw an interview with the director where he said everything, you know, the lines and everything that people talked about was unintentional. You know, and everybody's oh yeah, right. But I mean, they made this movie in three weeks. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't have been planning all this. You know, the the only thing that I would I personally think is like has homosexual undertones on it is the gym teacher, and we'll get to that later. But even 
And, and now, see, could you get away with making a film like this with those overtones anymore? Probably not, because, I mean, as much as everybody, like, you know, like, wants gay equality and stuff, like, I don't, I don't know, I, I think people would, if you put it in a movie, like, people claim it isn't this, I think people would be insulted by it, or, you know? I must say one complimentary thing about this movie. Go for it. This is way better than Silent Rage. Even though we're 87 minutes in already, and not a lot has happened, it's still better than Silent Rage. Well, okay, this is an 85-minute movie. We're at the 21-minute mark. And, okay, this scene when the girlfriend comes over to help him clean his room, because it wasn't that he was grounded. He just couldn't leave to go on the date before clean his room. So they find Nancy's diary. So... I knew a guy that couldn't podcast until he cleaned his room. (laughs) Really? This guy's got a lot in common with other people we know. He does. But, uh, you know, like, they've had the mystery of, like, what's Freddy's doing? You know, we've seen Freddy already, but it's like, what's he doing? What's his plan? Like, already 21 minutes in, we're going to get the backstory. Then the next hour of the movie is going to be nonstop action. That's why I think this is a good sequel. Most sequels, like, they take the story of the original, and then they're like, oh, we're going to build on this. We're going to put more mythology. We're going to put more backstory of Freddy. They really didn't ruin Freddy in this one with too much backstory. That would come later, but they didn't, you well, know. I mean, I'd like to agree with you, but right now we're about an hour and 15 minutes in, and we're still, nothing's happening yet. Oh, by an hour and 15 minutes in, you mean 21 minutes in, like I just said? <laughs> oh, there's something wrong with your clock. <laughs> no, there's not. But yeah, they they, they start reading uh, passages from Nancy's diary. And you know, it always is like a cheap thing. And I don't really know if it was a money equation that stopped Nancy from coming back in this one. But, you know, they always like do this shitty cheap thing of like... Oh, these characters got killed with a like a line of dialogue. They didn't really do that to Nancy because you know, like you said, there was all those weird multiple endings of part one. We don't even really know what truly happened to Nancy at this point in time. You know, so, well, what I don't get is how come in every single horror movie or even drama for that matter in the eighties, even now, the person always leaves their diary behind or a right. videotape or a notebook or why well, all these people take the shit with them. Well, I mean, the thing is about Nancy, like, you don't know. And it was hidden in, the in like, not real well hidden, but it was hidden in, like, a little shelf, on, like, a sub-shelf in the shelf in the thing. But I thought it was a good way to, you know, touch upon what had happened there. And, like, I kind of think, and I, you know, I'm not going to go as far as to say that the screenwriters pumping this film out quick really thought this out. But if you look at, like, the first movie, the way she defeats Freddy... It's like she takes all his power away from him and he kind of like melts into the floor or whatever. I think Freddy like basically lost all his power and he's stuck in this house. He really can't haunt anybody and nobody's lived in this house for five years. So, you know, like they established later in the movies, like the more people he kills, the more whatever. But, um, you know, I think Freddy like I think it's actually pretty consistent with the story of the first one that he's stuck in this house and he has to start, you know, before he can go kill other people, he has to take this kid's, you know, soul over and all that. How the hell did you get all that? Because the this whole see, that's the whole reason everybody's like, Oh, they broke the rules, they did this. Uh, it's like it's like you don't, I just figured he was lazy. <laughs> Freddie was lazy. Yeah, he figured, why should I gotta go and get into these dreams? I got some chump who sleeps in scrubs up on top of me. <laughs> Let me just go in. There. But but he actually, you know, does a good job of, uh, 
you know, taking him over slowly. So, you know, first he gives him the dreams, get him a little afraid of Freddy, then he, you know... But he's really not, like... I mean, he's kind of, like, putting a scare into him in the nightmare parts, but he's not, like, straight up trying to kill him the way he was trying to kill Nancy and Johnny Depp and everybody in the first one. Like, he's just more, like, you know, making the kid cower to, like, you know, Freddy's supernatural powers and bullshit. Now, do you think because of how probably the worst remake ever made is the Nightmare on Elm Street remake? Yeah, it really is. Do Do you think because of how awful that was, they'll they'll try it again, or do you think this will now be cemented as like they're not going to fuck with it anymore? This will be the only Nightmare on Elm Street films. I don't think you know when they made the remake at the time that they made it, they still technically could have got Robert England. But they did that thing where they're like, no, no, this is for a new generation. This is our take on it. We're recreating. We're we're so original. And, you know, they got Jackie O'Haley, good actor, onto himself. He was a good choice. Yeah, it's it just the movie sucked, and then his portrayal really kind of sucked. He, you couldn't even understand he what he was saying. He played Rorschach. Yeah. So I really don't think, and, you know, and there's always rumors every couple years, some shit. All the, but it's like, you can't do a sequel to the remake, so what can you do? Like, I think probably the smart move would be, I don't know, probably to get England back in some way. Like, I don't know if with modern technology they can make, you know, because he's about 70 years old now. Maybe there's a way, you know. Well, shit, if he puts that makeup on to do a horror convention, maybe he could do the movie, too, with a stunt double, you know. Where's Phantasm Five? I don't even want to talk about that. What they do, drag Angus Shram's body around? Well, they shot that movie for like 10 years straight (laughs) before they edited it together. That movie don't exist. That trailer's all you're going to see. Now, do you, what do you think of this John Carpenter getting the reins back to Halloween? I call bullshit on that. I mean, I think it's a name only. But, you know, I've had a lot of people like Bird say, oh, like, all Bird really attacks John Carpenter. He's lazy. He, I was like, well, the man's made, like, two music albums in the last two years on world tours. I don't know how lazy he really is. He's just an older 67-year-old man. I think it's good, though, because the people producing are the Blumhouse people and I've seen a lot of their films in theaters and they're very like I've seen their movies in theaters that don't even seem direct to video quality so I think at the very least like I'm not I don't think he'll be there writing the shit and producing it but I think they'll like let him see all the different versions of the movie and he'll give them advice and I think that's better than probably what they were going to do on their own you know what I mean yeah, I wouldn't call him lazy. I think, truthfully, he probably doesn't need a ton of money at his age. And he's probably, I mean, at this point in time, you, you do run out of ideas, fans. <laughs> yeah, but, like, nobody gives these guys any, you know, slack. <laughs> but, but. Just like, like, I like my son likes Shrek. I like Shrek. They asked Michael Myers, when's there going to be another Shrek? He flat tells you. I don't know. I have no, this is like Austin Powers. I got, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what I do. Yeah. Now here they have uh, Jesse with Grady, the bully. They have to run more laughs. Now they bonded. Now at this point, they're friends. He's not even getting bullied as much as like, you know. And then like, I don't know about you, but I never like buddied up to any bully. <laughs> like, like, I would beat this bully's ass. Look at him; he's fucking skinny. See, yeah, I actually think you know the main. I, I think the only reason the main character Jesse didn't beat him up was I think he just really wanted a friend. I still think the bully had a man crush on him. I mean, that could be, but... He had a man giant. <laughs> I don't know, but... The only thing I think I probably would remove from this movie, because it don't add anything, is the annoying little sister, to be honest. 
Yeah. Usually siblings don't add anything to films. And if you look at Clue Gulliger and the lady playing the mom, like, it's conceivable that they would have a son Jesse's age, but I don't think they were popping this 10-year-old girl out 10 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, the mom looks way too old for that. I mean, accidents happen. Yeah, but in your late 50s, I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't seem conceivable. Yeah. Okay, you know, a lot of people shit on this movie where this is the one scene I'm going to say this, this, you know, I, you know, it's, this almost screams like a reshoot scene or something, but like, you know, they're trying to put more terror because they're always talking about how hot it is in the house, you know, because of Freddy's demonic possession and all that. And they, they have these two birds. One bird kills the other bird. You're supposed to presume because it's dead in there. Then the other bird flies around, scratches the dad in the face, and it just like burst up in the flames. This is a very corny scene that they could have like done without, I think. And wouldn't you at that point be thinking there's something wrong with your house? Yeah, I mean I'd be ready to move out. Well, and I also wouldn't be running in terror freaking out over a parakeet. You know, if if my pet bird like that was like scratched my face up and was flying around. I think the best thing you could do is open the front door and wait for it to leave, right? You open the front door, that big picture window right there, and if it didn't leave, yeah, you have the right to get a broom and smack that fucker. Yeah, but this, I mean, how much damage can a parakeet do to you to where they're all like, ah, and they're dying. Even the hero of the movie, die behind a couch. Yeah. I almost think a teenage kid would be laughing like if that was going on, to be honest with you. I could get the little sister kind of screaming, but, yeah. you know, all these other people, these grown adults yeah. hiding in terror from the parakeet. They must all saw the birds earlier in the day. That, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, this movie has a lot of great nightmare scenes, scary scenes, and you kind of, I mean, you don't, I won't say you ruined the movie, but you kind of put a stink on the movie when you put something that corny in. And, like, I understand it was the lead to this scene where, where you know, he's trying to say, like, see what's going on, and they won't believe him still, but... See, this movie to me has a whole Amityville kind of feel to it. Yeah, because it's about a possessed house. I get that feeling as well. It would have been better if this dad was beating the shit out of his kids more, though. He wants to, but I feel like the mom won't let him. <laughs> yeah, or Burt Young, he didn't give a shit. He no. beat the fuck out of the mom, all the kids. I love Clue Goliger, but yeah, Burt Young would have been dynamite in this role. <laughs> we need to cover Amityville, too. We do. Like, you know, in all honesty, like, I, you know, Amityville 3, in all honesty, is pretty, I don't know, it's a pretty bad movie. It seems like a really kind of crappy movie they pumped out in Mexico for a buck. Amityville, Amityville 2 is actually good because they kind of took, you know, the original, I like the original, but it's just a basic, basic haunted two house is, story. 2 is better than the original. Yeah, 2, they really put in, like, a lot of, like, exorcist-type elements and really, like, jazz it up with a new thing, you know. I mean, in a lot of ways, you're, you're right. Like this, this movie really is like Amityville too, with the kid, the son being possessed and turning evil. Okay, like this, he he gets kind of in trance, and there was like a weird effect where um, there was like some lightning inside the house. Did you see that cousin that struck the? Yeah, dishes? but it's, see, but stuff like that, doing that, then it just looks cheap. Yeah, it does. But like, it basically sets him off. Like he's, I'd say he's in a trance. And, like, we, we obviously think he's in a dream right now, but later on, it, I mean, I guess you could make up your own mind, but it, it seems like this is actually really happening. And he walks barefoot, soaking wet through the rain to this place called Don's Place, I think it was. And I got a feeling that Paul Kersey got this place staked out. Oh, I think he does. And Don's Place is really strange, too, because 
there's some people in leather, there's some posters on the wall that make you think this is a, a men's only leather bar, but there's actually a lot of like really like hookerish looking women at Don's place. Yeah. Don's got it going on at his place. And I'm assuming Don is a bartender and he here he is dressed in full leather. This is actually Bob Shea, the man the man who started the New Line Cinema Studio. And uh, he really picked a doozy of a cameo role to put himself into. <laughs> well, plus no bartender's ever going to hold up to CIA bartender from above well, the law. Yeah, I was going to say Don. You know, Don from Don's place. He's very sleazy and whatever. But there ain't no way you can be you know a four foot tall. Uh, what was he? A New Orleans jazz musician who constantly screaming, "You ain't never gonna be the man. You did me dirty." <laughs> <laughs> Don't Italian. do me ugly, you, fire, you <laughs> fucking Italian you. puke. Oh, All by right. the way, I'm I'm gonna just let the cat. By now, you will have heard our above the law commentary, which right. I'm I, I I by this point in time predict it will be one of our most popular shows. I be, I believe that could be too. I see that very much happening on the horizon. As of this recording, is Death Wish two. Mm-hmm. Still number one, or it has the Punisher taking it over. I firmly believe that the Punisher has taken it over. If not, it will very shortly. And the Punisher's only been out for a few weeks like as of this three recording, weeks or something. Yeah. And that thing was, and then Boys Next Door though opening day. That's like box office record there. <laughs> it is. It is. We're reaching a whole new audience, and we appreciate it. Uh, some people have been leaving us some iTunes reviews. We appreciate it. Keep it coming, guys. iTunes reviews. If you want to get a hold of us, 1980smoviegraveyard at gmail.com or just leave us a note on Facebook. We love hearing from you guys. And anytime we, you know, hey, we got a show out. Hey, we got this. Or we, we, and you, you guys, the listeners, everybody, like you guys are all about it. You guys are honestly supporting the shit out of us right now. We really appreciate that. Yeah, they share it, they plug it, they advertise oh, it, they tell their friends. For more. Yeah, we really because we ain't paying no, I ain't paying no fucking Facebook to no. boost nothing. No, no. And I sure as hell ain't gonna pay for fans. No, we're we, you know we're grassroots. We're we're for the people, by the people, and then so. Now, see, this is this we're is, self-made man. We are self-made. All right, now getting back to the movie, this is the only part where I'm going to say, you know, it, it does reach the homosexual undertones, is because when he went into Don's leather bar, his coach, like, ju- like snuck, I would say snuck up behind him, almost like the way that guy snuck up on Maxwell Caulfield and the boys next door. Yeah. It was kind of like that move. And he's kind of, and the coach is kind of wearing the same, like, weird leather tank top that that guy was wearing in that. So what does he do? He finds one of his students in a in a weird... Saturday, I would say I wouldn't even say it is a gay bar because, like we said, it was like lots of. Uh, women well, yeah, it was. I think it was just a sleazy bar. Well, yeah, like S and M bar maybe or something. But, but the coach is like, yeah, he's in some weird like leather tank top. He's thing. dressed for some cruising. Yeah, and then he was taking like the uh, they're they're being used against him right now by Freddy's ghost, but. He was taking some jump ropes out, and I was wondering if he was going to tie Jesse up with the jump ropes or something. That would seem very weird, but. See, now, but this debunks the theory of Freddie can't leave the house. Yeah, but Je- but uh, Jesse's there, no. And now, now well, he's, I guess, he's, yeah, he's yeah, like he's, almost like a carrier. Yeah, because he's totally got him like in a trance and doing weird shit now. So, but yeah, I mean, 
I mean, by all means, like, if this happened, if if a high school teacher caught one of his students at the leather bar or whatever and took him to the school to... First of all, why would you take your student to the school to punish to run laps? It's like, I mean, other than he was underage drinking, about to drink that beer, he really wasn't... Hey, man, your anything. business? Yeah. yeah. And they let him in the bar. It wasn't like he snuck, you know what I mean? Yeah, he just kind of walked in. Don has very lap security. He does. So he takes them and he makes them run laps. And then he tells them to hit the shower. Mind you, this is probably, what, at least 2, 3 in the morning. And he's got this underage student. Or, we, you know, he might be 18, but if not, he's probably 17. He's got them in the, uh, in the, in the school late at night. And that, that shot a minute ago, a second ago, Freddie coming through the... Uh, the fog and it was very he was walking very stiff and strange that's because it actually was like the only time in the series that robert england didn't play freddie in a shot because i think this movie makes less sense than tna's booking because <laughs> i think robert england had to go do a, a promo thing or you know he probably had to go sign autographs for 50 yeah, bucks yeah it was like something was going on. he had to be in a parade or something so they got a stunt man dress him up like freddie and then they were left with that stiff ass walk and like once the director saw that, they're like, "Oh, we, you know, we can't, we can't just." And, and the, actually, the studio too said, "Yeah, we can't ever replace Robert England. We got to just got to pay him more and more to keep, get him keep doing Freddy." But Robert England still does autograph conventions. I want to say he's up to seventy five, a hundred bucks. Oh, I think who he's, he's hundred. Yeah. Who, who? Everybody that cared about him got his autograph years and years ago. Right. Who, how long of a line can this guy have? Apparently, a lot, especially when you. Puts on some cheap Freddy makeup. I mean, what the, at this point in time, he's got to be putting on a mask from Spirit Halloween. <laughs> he probably is doing that too. Sitting next you, to Angus Schramm's body. But Freddy used all his telekinesis at the school to whip the uh, teacher up, string him up, and then just slashed him in the back. Whereas, like, what do you think's going on with Freddy's claws? And we haven't really seen it in full force, but we know Jesse actually has the glove, like. You know, like he found it at the house, and like we never see him taking it anywhere with him. But then later on, like when people get killed, he's wearing the glove afterwards and shit. So, you know, my son has the glove too. Really? He's never seen the movie, but he thought the glove looked neat around Halloween, so he bought it. But he has his AJ Styles gloves now, so he doesn't (laughs) mess with the Freddy glove anymore. No, he wears the AJ Styles gloves when he plays foosball all the time. Yeah. Now, this is funny because, like, their son's been sneaking out of the house in the middle of the night. And then the dad, because there was the bars on the windows, I guess, from, uh, I don't know if there's a continuity error or whatever, but, you know, Nancy's mom put the the bars on the window in the first one. It looks like he's actually taking them down, but I don't know if he's supposed to be putting them back up or what. Because earlier in the movie, you could see Jesse sitting in the room. You can see the bars are on the window. So I'm assuming because they were on all the windows and now they're only on one, the dad was actually taking them down there. But I don't know. I still think those things are fucking dumb. Like, I get everybody's like, oh, well, they can help protect you. What if there's a fire in your house? Right, how are you going to get out? At least make, like, a safety version where one of them, like, has a latch from the inside that opens up. You know what I mean? Something like that, yeah. But, yeah, here we have Jesse and his girlfriend. They get to school early in the morning. They, you know, all the cops are there. And, uh, you know, Grady, the bully, tells them that, you know, Schneider, the the high school gym coach whatever got wasted last night in the showers got all sliced up Instantly, i like schneider in, uh, one day at a time he was actually well, well there's two different characters of course but that schneider was actually good did you know he um there was a porno movie called one night at a time 
and it was slider, and he slider. had to keep checking Mrs. Parmesan's pipes. <laughs> who uh, who starred in it? Ron Jeremy, because he had the mustache. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, like, do you believe it or not? I don't think I've ever. Uh, not that I've watched too many of them, but out of the handful of adult films I've seen, none of them had Ron Jeremy in it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen like I've seen like. I've actually seen regular movies that he's in, believe it or not. Like yeah, that, a couple that Trey Parker. Like I have the DVD that Trey Parker movie Orgasmo, which is a porn spoof. He's That's a, a funny movie, actually. Yeah, Ron Jeremy's in it. He's also in uh, Killing Zoe. He gets shot at the bank. Oh yeah, that's right. He is in that. And he's like the mayor or a cop in that uh, Detroit Rock City. Right. But I mean, to be honest, like. I thought this was a great visual right here of when he walks into like the bluish room and sees the ghost girl jumping rope in there. Oh, the movie has great colors. Yeah, I mean the, the the you know I know we said it a lot in the past, especially with the first Nightmare and all three other ones. But I mean, you cannot beat the horror movie lighting from the eighties. You know, now they shoot everything oh. digital. You don't. You can like change the colors and post more now. So like they get lazy and just shoot everything flat and try to fuck with the later. But yeah, Nor can act- you ever replace the washed streets. <laughs> no, you can. You know, I don't care how many computers you link up, Daisy Chain, PlayStation, fucking three style. You will never get the water on the streets like they had in the eighties. And in tough turf, you actually see the process of them washing the streets. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the street washer. They go behind the curtains. <laughs> they break before the wall. But no, we have to cover that movie, cousin. We do, we do. I see it happening in the future, don't you? I see it real quick, actually. I see it happening sometime, maybe in late July. That could be happening. Speaking of which, cousin, uh, this will. My brain is, t- is is messed up right now. I don't know. If, I'm guessing this will be a July episode, right? This one we're recording right now. Yes. Yeah. Can you believe we're almost at the one-year mark of the graveyard launching last September? Can you believe that? It's almost a year already. No, I, I can't. I, I. It doesn't seem that long. It really it seems like we just started. It does. It seems like we're just a few months old. Yeah, it's weird. I know the movie review section's only a couple months old. Yeah, that's new. Pretty popular, actually. Not doing bad. Not doing bad. Now, here I haven't we, done any in the last few days because of you know I was on vacation. That means I also don't do any of this shit either. No. The uh, there was another cheap and cheesy gimmick where the toaster caught on fire and then Kluger's like, "Oh, it's the damnedest thing! It wasn't even plugged in." Please, we've had Freddy Krueger like killing Jim's school teachers. <laughs> like, we don't we don't need the the, the flaming toaster. Don't need the, the you don't need the demonic parakeet and the flaming toaster. No. You had an S&M style beating and murder in a locker room. Exactly. Now, here here they, and they don't really say where they got this other than uh, Jesse's girlfriend here um, has some, like, uh, I guess, printouts of some microfilm or. Who might I say she is not in this movie near enough? No. But uh, they figured out that Fred Krueger was, you know, worked at this factory or whatever in the boiler room. It was like a power plant or whatever. Um, and, like, they go there, and, like, I would say, you know, they're building up more of the uh, the backstory here just a little bit. But they still don't overly explain it or nothing. They just basically set up this location so the finale can happen here. 
exactly yeah, enough like it is until part was it four or five yeah. it's those two four had great effects but it, it stunk but where you find out that the nun was like left alone and raped like for a whole weekend and all that stuff yeah like uh i'm trying to think um i think that was five i think it was later on they connected that freddie worked at the school or something or maybe i just have shades of the shitty remake in my mind but it, I think the remake he worked at the school because he had yeah. his hidden tunnels. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in the first movie, they were always getting stalked in a boiler room. But unless I'm misremembering, I don't think they ever really said where the boiler room was. No, I think he just took kids to his boiler I think people – actually, the more I think about it, I don't think they ever did. I think people assumed it was at the his house maybe yeah. or his school, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, either way, I guess it's very technically possible that at one point in time he worked at the power plant and another time he worked at the school. I mean, either way, even both could have happened. Horace Pinker was a television repairman. Yes, he was. By the way, I got a beef with Amazon Cousin. They have a sale for uh, Screen Factory titles. You order them up, you get the email, oh, this is out of stock. Okay. Yes, I, 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 I did that last week. I ordered like four of them, and everything I got, we'll ship this as soon as available. It's temporary. I stopped. Why did you tell me that before I bought them? Well, first of all, it's like I don't mind if it's out of stock. I can wait an extra week. I can wait actually two weeks. I placed that order five weeks ago for like five or six movies. Have not received one movie yet. Like oh, they're not out of print. Just tell Screen Factory to mail you fuckers some more. I, I hit the sale that they had about a week and a half ago. Yeah. And every one of them showed in. I bought like three or four of them. And yeah, like I'm looking like, where's my shit? We're temporarily out of stock. Why, why didn't you tell me that before I bought it? Well, I mean, the thing is, is like everybody else has these movies in stock. And second of all, why did you have a sale on shit that you didn't have? Like, don't, exactly. you, have a, don't you have a sale on stuff you have too much of? <laughs> so they're going to get in their fresh, replenish shit and have to sell it to you at a lower cost. <laughs> exactly. I just think Amazon, I mean, sure, a lot of it's, you know, they probably have a lot of people working there, but I'm sure a lot of it's probably automated at this point, and, like, they just, nobody really keeps track of what the hell's going on, but, I mean, even if they had to order a whole new batch from Shout Factory, it wouldn't have took more than a week or two for them to get more stuff. I say by the time this episode airs, we still don't have our stuff. Yeah, I, I could probably see that happening. But it, I but, did get my uh, Venom movie from Blue Underground today in the mail. Nice. When uh, when did that movie come out? Like originally, um, I would guess in that one would have been late seventies. Okay, because I've heard of the title, but I can't really think. Like, what is it about? It's people like go into a house to like kill this guy and rob him, and there's like a poisonous snake in it. Nice. Is it like a giant snake or just a regular snake? Just a snake. It's yeah. just deadly. Now, see here, you know, Jesse went into his sister's room was hovering over all weird like in his bizarre trance-like state and then he, he like he kind of snapped out of it and he went to just like put the cover on her and he realized he was wearing the gloves so that kind of you know i'm, I'm kind of working with the theory of that, like when you see freddie come out of him or do whatever in the movie and kill people in real life it's really just jesse with the glove on right jesse's not creepy looking though he kind of looks like andrew mccarthy with down syndrome I don't know about Down syndrome, just more like a frowny expression on his face. Hey, more importantly, you know what movie comes out in middle of June? I already got it on the pre-order from Scream Factory. Mm. The Crush. <laughs> oh, my. They if did I... announce today that they're putting out The Thing in a special edition. John Carpenter's version? Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I already own that on so many different things. You know, I was going to say, I think I have a Blu-ray and three or four different DVDs. I think it's still my Laserdisc. And yeah. I'm not I'm not buying it again. My my Blu-ray looks fine. I like the movie well enough, but it's, it's nothing that I need to rebuy. Well, I mean, if I own something on Blu-ray already, unless there was like a botched, horrible transfer, which really hasn't been the case yet, like... Like, some people just, like, they got to have everything. And I appreciate Screen Factory putting these movies that have already been out, out again just so they're not out of print or whatever. But, like, I don't buy shit just to be like, oh, now it's on a Screen Factory case. <laughs> you know? What I hate about Screen Factory is why don't they just put out one or two titles a month? Instead, they go, like, three months without putting anything out. Then they jam seven of them all at once. Yeah, that is true. The only thing I can think of is when they sign the agreements, the clock is ticking on how long they have to make the copies. You know what I mean? That, but they always seem to come back. Like Life Force went out of print, and like two months later, it was back in print. It right. just had a different picture. Excuse me, different picture on the cover. Was it great movie? Was it Shout Factory or Screen Factory both times? Screen Factory, yeah. Interesting. That's a good movie. I'd recommend anybody pick that one up. Yeah, I own several copies of it actually. I own one Screen Factory. I I own the, I bought the Screen Factory and then for uh, I can't remember if it was my birthday or Christmas I got the Steelbook the English Steelbook version of it. I'm lacking Steelbooks. I have hardly any. Yeah, I I pretty much gave up. The only one I've bought recently was the Hateful Eight one, just because it went down on sale, so it was the same price as the regular version. So, it... did you get the Deadpool one? No, I skipped on Deadpool, and here's why. Like, I was going to buy the 4K version of it, which also comes with the Blu-ray. But I was kind of like, eh, I'll just wait a year. Because I wasn't really in any hurry to watch the movie again. I was like, I'll just wait a year when the 4K version is, like, half price. I've watched it uh, four times since I got it, actually. Dang. Honestly, like, I love the character, and I love the character, but I didn't really like the movie. I didn't like all the shit with him and his girlfriend in the beginning. Yeah, it seemed to me it was funny. I, it was so short. It was 90 minutes. Not like this. We're already two hours and 18 minutes into this Tarantino-esque film, and it's still got time left. And by two hours and 18 minutes, you mean by 50 minutes and 38 seconds? This movie is longer than Roots. You're so full of shit. Now, here is the I heard one. they remade Roots. Is that true? It's going to be like a new miniseries? Yeah, it's coming on. I keep seeing the preview for it. Why would you remake that? I think the reason you remake a movie, I think the, you know, at this point in time, they just know they're going to get more viewers with a name that's famous than a brand new movie. That makes sense. I would just make a new movie, but give it like a weird title. Like I'd make like a movie where Martians come to space and I make it all cheap and I'd call it Independence Day and everybody go see it. Yeah, I think you missed the boat on that one. I think that that came out around 96. <laughs> but here we go, Jesse at the pool party. He's trying to explain to his girlfriend here that, you know, like he can't control what's happening, all this shit. And she's trying to like, you know, and I think this is interesting. Is she's trying to like say, oh, it's going to be all right. We'll figure it out together. But then she's the one actually, I'd say, more trying to get in his pants, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and see, and that's what's kind of weird because he like kind of, he kind of. I don't want to say he pushes her off, but I think he'd rather hang around with his friend. See, now that, that's what all the what do you call it the the pro gay argument people say, but it's actually not true. He actually is like very much into it until Freddy's tongue comes out of his mouth. Then he gets scared because he's afraid he's going to well, tr- transform into Freddy and kill his. Girlfriend. I wouldn't have been scared. 
If he was turning Gene into Freddy. Sim- Gene Simmons got a giant ass tongue, and look at all the punani he gets. Yeah, well, Gene, Gene Simmons, while he's using his tongue on a woman, he doesn't suddenly grow knives out of his hands and have to chop everybody up. Look, I'm into S&M as much as the next guy. That could be pretty entertaining. Speaking of Gene Simmons, I, I just saw him. I'm trying to think of what it was. I think I just saw him like on Facebook or somewhere. Like talk about the most pathetic trying to stay relevant. He was he was taking a picture, with just him, like not with his kids, nothing. Even though his kids are grown, but it wasn't like he was with anybody young or nothing. Just himself. He was smiling and posing for a photo next to a wax dummy of Rilo Ken or Kylo Ren from Star Wars. <laughs> How how horrible do you have to be? It's like begging for attention. You're a world famous musician. And you're standing next to not not the actor from the movie, not on the set of the movie, the guy in the costume, just a wax dummy. <laughs> Kylo Ren. Now was his formerly hot wife with him? No, it was by himself. It's like he went to the Star Wars exhibit by himself to just enjoy it or something. Now that's even sadder. He probably has like on the back of his jacket, it probably says like, I'm Gene Simmons or something like that. <laughs> he hands cards out. When he goes somewhere where people aren't recognizing him, he just starts hands out Gene Simmons of Kiss cards. Like everybody, you know, everybody gives him shit for all the merchandise that he has. But I'm going to tell you what, I was at JCPenney's the other day. Right. They got misfit t-shirts now. The ugliest fucking thing. The skull don't even look right on them, and it's got like an American flag. Yeah. Well, that's kind of fucked up. I got a. Uh, it's pretty comfortable too. I actually got in an extra tall size a misfit shirt I ordered online from Kohl's dot com. See, that's just wrong. <laughs> Maybe that's why Danzig came back to the band so he could get a cut of all that JC Penny money. Well, he's probably like Virgil. He wants that fuck money. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's only coming back for those two shows. You're right. Supposedly. I think if you think about it, the Misfits are only relevant because all that merchandise that Jerry Olney's hoard out over the years. <laughs> Danzig, Danzig ain't done shit. He ain't been relevant since 93, and even then he wasn't even relevant. I was a huge Misfit. well, I still am a huge Misfits fan, huge Danzig fan, but then when he started going to that slow, droning, industrial trance stuff, he got real That's irrelevant horrible. quick. Well, Misfits are my favorite band. I mean, like I think we've, I've said before, maybe not on this show, my back, I've got a big legacy brutality tattoo that I did not get when I was a dumb teenager. I got it as an adult, you know, I've, I've got the albums. I got a lot of their shirts. I actually wore one of their shirts the other day. But, yeah, the I like the version with Danzig. Like, when Jerry, Michael Graves was cool, but, like, when Jerry only started singing, it, it just became so bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw them live twice when uh, Michael Graves was with them. And they were actually really good shows. And I was a fan of the new material as well. I wasn't just going for the hits or whatever. Yeah, like the Graves stuff was good. Only his stuff is, it's not that the stuff's bad. He's just a bad singer. And, yeah. and the band, the music slowed down so much that, whoa, like that, you know, it yeah. kind of lost its edge over the years. Yeah. But here we go. The, the infamous uh, supposed gay scene was he runs out. Again, like I've, I just explained this before, he runs out on his girlfriend who he's making out with, not because he didn't want to make out with her, but because Freddy's tongue was coming out and he's ready to transform into Freddy and kill her. So he goes to his friend's Grady's house, which we don't even know how he got into the house, do we? He just like showed up in the guy's bedroom all of a sudden. It was weird. See, what I don't like is is 
it's not that I don't like the gay innuendo. I have to clarify that. Just make the movie where the two guys are gay. I have no problem. I don't like that whole hidden, is he? Is he not? I, I don't like that shit, that implied shit. Just make him gay. But, I mean, I don't really think he is, though. He's just asking the guy to watch him while he sleeps. I mean... No, I, th- I, I don't think he is. I think Grady is. But, you see, how, that doesn't really hold up, though. Grady was in his house sleeping by himself. He didn't invite the guy over to his house. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he ain't telling him to get out. I if you came she... into my room, if you came into my house at three in the morning, I'd throw you out a window. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just like whatever. Because I mean, it's not like the guy's like, "Oh, I got to sleep in the bed with you." He's sleeping on a chair. I mean, Jesse is. He's not. You know. Why ain't Grady at this pool party? Well, he said he got he got grounded for throwing his his. Uh, at the, there's a school lunch scene where he was like eating, shoving his face, and he's like. I can't go to the party. I got grounded for pushing my mother, grandmother down a flight of stairs. So apparently, uh, okay. Now you can push your grandma down a flight of stairs, but you can't sneak out. That is true. This is one week bully. If the T birds from Greece too were around, they would beat the shit out of this guy. They probably would beat the shit out of him for him stealing the gimmick with that hair. It's kind of like some Greece hair. Toughest gang in movie history: the T birds from Greece too. Yeah. Yeah, Robert Russler here, he's uh, one of these guys, you know, acting career, obviously. He actually went on and was on the TV version of The Outsiders after this. But, There's um, a TV version of The Outsiders? Yeah, it had, I'm trying to, I can't remember offhand who was on it, but there were some famous people on it. Um, he played like one of I the never side characters, that, I think. Really. You don't like The Outsiders? Yeah, that's pretty fucking boring. No, it's pretty fucking, that is what it's pretty fucking is. But, um, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. But yeah, like Robert Russler, his acting career, you know, like a lot of '80s actors, kind of slowed down in the '90s. He did a few things here and there. Now he's actually trying to produce low board, low budget horror movies. He like he does the conventions and signs autographs and shit. But he's trying to become more of a movie producer now. Last time I read his I'm, Facebook, I'm still trying to figure. And I don't hate conventions by means, but I look at like these horror conventions because like if I have friends that go to one, it's like. Let me let me see who's there. Maybe I'll give you some money to get you know like that. And mm-hmm. I look at him. It's the same people that went fifteen twenty years ago. They're still there signing shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like going over and over. We got a, a, a convention coming up here, but it's more like a I don't know what the fuck it is a joke. But uh, one of the day, well, we got a big name horror guest. We got Jeffrey Combs. It's like no, oh god. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess it's a big deal if you never got his autograph before. But we got to talk. This is almost like the I don't American. want his autograph. Well, a lot of people do, though. I'm sure he's making quite a good living off that. Here, I wouldn't here, cross the street to meet him. Here we have almost like the American Werewolf in London uh, version of Freddy Krueger here with the transformation scene. Now, I, th- I always thought this was a super cool transformation scene. It is. And I then, give it that. And the shot there were like like Jesse's torso like uh, slips up off his shoulders. I always thought that was like so creepy. It, like like it was literally like his body was just like trash and he was like shaking off. They just made Freddy's neck too big in that scene. Yeah, I mean there's a little bit or whatever. But I mean the thing about it is is uh the Freddy makeup we haven't really talked about it much. Let's talk about how Freddy looks in this movie. He's like I think this is the best Kruger makeup in all the series. He's actually the most scary and most rough in this movie. 
he's slimy in it too. Like if you yeah. notice, like it's ectoplasm on him. Yeah, like and that's the thing which you don't see a lot, and I don't understand why. But like with latex makeup, you got to put some slime on it, or else it looks like dry rubber. Like once we get to Freddy's Dead, a couple or even part five, like he just has this dry rubber makeup on that's so phony looking. Yeah, it, it really. Look, I wasn't kidding when it looks like a mask you would get at a Halloween store. Yeah, later on, this one though is just I don't know. Like even his features, it just it's very in the, in the close-ups of the makeup, which usually you don't want to do close-ups of makeup like. But even the close-ups that you get here and there, like they're really good in detail, and little scratches and scars and shit on his face. And the lighting helps too. It, oh, it sets the tone for it. And Robert England, I mean, obviously he's always been a very thin guy, but he had to be super skinny in this one because, like, the the way the makeup looks on his face, it doesn't really look like it's, like, piled up on top of his face. It looks like it's very thin and gaunt. Robert England, one of the co-stars of The Great V. Yes, he was, which we covered on this show, didn't we? Yeah, for some reason, Part 2 is no longer in our iTunes feed. Really? That's bizarre. Yeah. It's, it's still getting downloads. I saw it got downloads this week. Yeah, it's not listing in our iTunes feed anymore for some reason. Well, that's iTunes for you. Yeah. iTunes kind of sucks. But, um... But, yeah, and then then he goes and, um... Jesse kind of wakes up, you know, after Grady's been slaughtered. And he realizes he's wearing the glove on his hand that he's did it. So, I mean, there's no doubt at this part right here that Jesse is the one actually committing the murders, you know what I mean? I I think when I was a kid, I didn't want to believe that was actually him doing it, but it really is his body, you know. I mean, he sees Freddy in his mind doing it, but in reality, it's just him. He's the host, basically. Yeah. Kind of like when Hulk Hogan was looking in the mirror and saw the Ultimate Warrior. Right. Which made no sense because Eric Bischoff was there, and everybody thought Hulk was crazy. Mm-hmm. All of us viewers at home saw him too. It would have been better if no one saw him. Hey, brother, look at me in the mirror. It's Ultimate War. Yeah, I mean, like if if you if you think about it that way, we all saw him too, so we knew he wasn't nuts. We just knew that was horrible booking. Now I have to say, this girlfriend here, I always call her a girlfriend. I can't remember. Was her name Kim or something in the movie? I can't remember. Sure, I just think she's cute. Yeah, she. Um, or maybe it's Lisa. I think it is Lisa. She's a horny bitch, I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, it's one thing where, you, like, her boyfriend's, like, flipping out, having these bad dreams of this guy that, you know, haunted this house or whatever. But now he's showing back up to the party at her house. Like, he's covered in blood. I think at this point you got to start getting away from the guy and just calling, the, letting the cops take over. Yeah, yeah, you've got, yeah, there's not much help you can give a guy like that. Covered in blood. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. It might turn her on. You never know. That whole fucking what's what was that chick that used to bathe in people's blood? Was it Elizabeth Bathory? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe she's a Lizzie boarding type and hiding, and she's just waiting for somebody to help commit crimes with her. There's a lot of steam coming out of that pool. Well, it's because Freddie's haunting it. I have to say this, this this pool party does look a lot better than the pool party at, uh, that was in the boys next door because nobody was actually swimming in that pool party. No, no, this this one actually uh, it's the colors. I'm telling you, it's the lighting of this movie. Yeah. Whereas before everybody was drinking coke and stuff like they like they I can't remember if they showed it yet or not. I think maybe they showed it a little earlier, but they showed like a. Uh, like a, you see it in the background there. It's like a whack. Here it is. The beer, 
Like, it's supposed to look like Budweiser and Coors, but if you look at it, it's like the same font as those brands, but it just says beer on it. <laughs> I think those were some stickers that the prop guy had to put on. It's kind of like in, um, what was it, Repo Man, yeah. when everything there just said, like, beer, cereal, bread. Do you think the people that listen to this show would want to hear us cover Repo Man sometime? Um, I don't know. I would, I would think that fans of this show would probably be fans of that movie. I mean, it is a bonafide cult classic. It's a very good movie. I think it falls apart at the end. I, I get a lot of heat when I say that, but I think it's a really good movie. I just think it has a stupid ending. I think all Alex Cox's movies have a stupid ending. What about Sid and Nancy? Where he flies into a... Too. What is he? He gets in a, a cab. He gets in a cab with his dead girlfriend after breakdancing with some ghetto kids. Yeah. We almost, we actually almost covered Sid and Nancy on the show one time. can't remember yeah, what happened. Yeah, because we both have the Criterion. Yeah, we do. I was even watching it to prepare. It's something I can't yeah. remember what happened. But uh, maybe we'll do it sometime. Maybe for next Valentine's Day. <laughs> we'll just sit That's a good romantic movie. Too bad Irreversible is not from the 80s. That's it's the not. perfect Valentine's Day movie. Unfortunately, it's not even from the 90s. Was that 2000s? Yeah. It was like 2003 wow. or four. All right, now Freddy's starting to manifest. You know, we saw the beer spraying open. Like, he made the fish tank in the house blow up. The the parents, uh, Jesse's girlfriend's parents, they got locked in their bedroom. All this shit happened. Now here comes Jesse. Now again, like, when he killed Grady, like, I don't understand, because Jesse, they show it when they switch back after the murder. Jesse's actually physically wearing the Freddy glove. But when he transforms into Freddy... The knives are just coming out of like his flesh fingers. Like I did, I did, I never really understood that touch in this one. Did you? He has the Wolverine thing going. Yeah, and I'm surprised more. I fans didn't understand bitch most of this movie. Yeah, I think fans bitch about this one enough. I'll tell you what, though, in all honesty, I like this better than five and six. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think probably the best ones are one and three, but I think this one's really close to three. One is like an awesome horror movie, mm-hmm. and three is to me three is almost like a fantasy action film. To be, I don't even really count three as a horror movie. To be honest with you, but it has a lot of good drama story in part three. I think though, three is funny. I mean, it really is a very funny film. At the rate we're going, I'm sure we'll probably do three next next year, won't we? Because we do we, we, we do a Freddy movie like once a year, pretty much. I think we could do th- we could do three, four, and five. Yeah, I don't think we could six. I think was ninety one or ninety two. Pretty sure it was ninety one. Yeah, we would have to maybe if we clean out that old movie theater, we could do part six one day. Yeah, there's that one. We gotta gotta make a flyer. Yeah, I'm now, serving soup. That's right. Now that was a good little struggle between uh, Freddy and the girl, and like I, I like that he actually did something so nasty, like he grabbed her leg and bit it, and now she's uh, Freddy's ready to kill her, and then Jesse's voice starts coming out of Freddy, and he's begging for her to kill him, and she does try to stab him because she's so scared, but like the knife really doesn't go into Freddy's flesh that much, like it no, doesn't really hurt she, him. And plus, you know, she's thinking of Jesse. Yeah, right. so she's not. I mean, she she was stabbing, but not like hard. She wasn't putting her all into. I'm gonna say straight up, this is one dumb bitch. I mean, the guy comes covered in blood, begging he needs help. He's going insane. Now she's got this guy trying to kill. I mean, at what point in time do you try to get out of this relationship? Right. 
does she need Johnny Depp to come beat her ass for before she actually, you know, breaks up? Those Amber Heard jokes are going <laughs> to date very poorly because we got the long time listeners on our show. This is a great effect where he jumps through the window but then disappears in midair. But yeah, uh, like but yeah nobody, nobody a year from now is going to want to hear about Amber Heard. <laughs> no, nope. I bet they're still going to want to look at her. Oh, sure. That will probably go on for another five to seven years. But She's gorgeous. Oh, she is. You know what? No, actually, I actually like her a lot as an actress. Just she doesn't she doesn't have that many big parts, and she doesn't do that many like great movies. To be honest with you, I'm gonna say again, I'm not joking. Top ten list: Drive Angry is in the middle there for me. I love that movie. Now this one nerd here with no shirt on, he almost looks like Eddie Deason. <laughs> yeah, you the God's gift to women, baby. <laughs> See, I really, I really, you know, this we should talk about this in terms of the controversy with the fans of the franchise. Is that they say this is this is where it all went wrong? That Freddie went into the real world. He was at a, a pool party. I actually saw one of the producers on the special feature say, uh, "Oh, you know, he was in a pool party in broad daylight." I don't know about you, but this doesn't look like broad daylight to me. Yeah, this isn't broad daylight. This looks like middle of the night when people would be having dreams. Yeah, but I mean, he, you know, he came. You know, the way I always interpret this scene and with the whole rest of the movie is like we see Freddy as the movie viewer and all these people are freaking out and screaming. And he did slash up like one kid and everybody else is like trying to get away and they're getting burned up or whatever with all the supernatural shit going on. But we don't really know if this is actually if the if the rest of these people are seeing Freddy or if they're seeing Jesse. But everybody says it broke the rule because he took out he came out of the dream. We spent this entire movie. Oh, he just disemboweled some guy. We spent the entire movie, though, setting up that he's possessing Jesse, that Jesse is the one killing everybody. So how is this really breaking the rule that Freddy came out of the dream? You know what I mean? It's not. And if you were Freddy, wouldn't you want to come out of the dream again and start right. killing people in the real world? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. Everybody has to have some kind of backup plan. I mean, obviously, this is, you know, Freddy's not going to win in this movie or whatever. Like, they defeat him in the end. So, I mean... He tried the possession thing. He tried to come back into the real world. It didn't work out. Like, I don't understand, you know. I mean, if people just don't like the movie just not to like it, that's one thing. But I don't understand why everybody says, like, you know, this is a great shot with the fire behind him. And he says, you're all my children now. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to think about it. You, you, you got to have a plan B. You know, obviously yeah. it didn't work for him, the whole dream thing. He got sucked out of it and murdered. Now he's going to try to come back and do it. You know, he's got... Yeah. He has aspirations and dreams. He's not just some regular serial killer. Yeah. And uh, a second ago, before he started, like, slicing everybody up, this is a great stare down with him and the girl here, too. Some good acting by Robert England. But my favorite line, and I think it's kind of like when they really started changing the Freddy character to do the mean version of him, was, uh, like, when he first came out and everybody was just looking at him all scared, like, some some dorky kid comes up and says, says it's okay man like you know be calm like you know we like like we can help you man settle down and he's like help yourself fucker <laughs> <laughs> like i like that like that, that was a bit the first word like freddie started like really like cussing and being mean-spirited not just being like a little witchy boogeyman i'm putting this girl in my spank bank just just so everyone knows i'm sure they really want to know that as well well, they're gonna know because I just told them. Exactly. She's gonna be she's gonna be well behind uh, Dana Brooke, though, fans. Wow. I wonder how many people, in all seriousness, how many people listen to the show 
are, you know, after the episode or during the episode are Googling who the hell is Dana Brooke. <laughs> You're probably going to get Dana Brooke a legion of new fans or followers. Well, then if that's the case, she owes me. Hmm. You know who hasn't been making the news lately? Just got to say it. No, oh, don't do it, cousin. I Where's Sunny? Oh, yeah, Sunny. Poor Sunny. Where's she been? I haven't heard any, any Sunny news lately. Well, when it comes to... Okay, here we have the dogs that have human faces. Clearly just dogs wearing masks. This is, <laughs> this is one of the, you know, the... You know, because she's going into Freddy's lair and they're showing this nightmare imagery. This is one of the things they could have done without. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Some of the stuff looks hokey. It does. It starts showing the low budget a little bit. But no, I think with Sunny, in terms of Sunny news, I think when there's no Sunny news, that's good news for Sunny. Yeah, I think, she's, she's, not I think she's keeping it low key. Yeah. You know, if she really wanted to keep it low key, she might take a job with TNA because then nobody will ever hear from you again. No, but she wouldn't be as hot as Dixie. I'm sorry, Dixie's hotter than Sunny. Yeah, Dixie was just uh, on the air last week making some stipulations for some matches and stuff. I don't think they'll be around much longer, though. Everybody says that, but they never go anywhere. <laughs> Although her plan to take over WWE is working, AJ Styles just beat the shit out of John Cena. Mm-hmm. Austin Aries coming in there to take over NXT. Samoa Joe's are right now. Is the Samoa champ. Joe's the champ. That's right. See, she she's got a takeover plan. Yeah, it's just taking twenty years. She'll be moving into them Stanford offices, and then Vince gonna be in the warehouse. <laughs> yeah, Vince will be in the warehouse. I'm just joking, though, fans. Not that anybody cares, but I love TNA Impact Wrestling. I used to a lot until the Hogan Bischoff era really fucked it, and all the yeah. talent left. Yeah. There's some good shit going on actually now with Matt Hardy. All right, I love this scene here where she, this is where Freddie bit her earlier and she put a rag around it and she starts having the hallucinations like Jesse now, like Freddie's starting to influence her. And uh, she that bite, she feels it itching, she pulls the rag off, there's ants all over it. I thought that was a good, nasty. That's a good <laughs> scene. Yeah. Because I, I always got that he had more power here in his lair. Yeah, like once you step into it, even if you're awake, you're still going to see the hallucinations and shit. And it's very subtle, but um, if you notice the lighting here, there's a lot of uh, like corners of the factory that are lit either red or green. And then after they beat Freddy, it, it returns to like normal sterile like lighting. Yeah, here here comes like this like fake cat who eats a rat like this is more of the corny shit right here yes there's a lot of corny like little effects in here that kind of ruin it actually yeah well, i think that was the Not last one with it, but i mean i mean we're already i mean you know for a movie that's you know we're already what about three hours and 58 minutes in i mean it's and by uh, three hours and 58 minutes in, you need one hour 14 minutes and 56 seconds your your timer's broken <laughs> your timer's broken it's like the last scene of the movie. See, like here, are like all the lighting and stuff. And I like the little thing where she thought she fell through a trap door, but she really just was sitting on the floor. So, yeah. So, I mean, I again, the fans will bitch and bitch about this movie forever, breaking the rules. But I see it more as like they were expanding the rules as far as breaking them. And then, you know, people... I mean, this movie did very well financially. It wasn't like it was a flop or nothing, but they heard everybody complaining, so they went back to the tried-and-true formula with Part 3. 
Then they just added some humor to it. Yeah, they made it corny. And then Freddie started selling like merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. get your Budweiser. Budweiser. I swear to, I maybe I'm pretty sure I remember like they would show the commercial on Freddy's Nightmares that like there was like a, a hotline you could call and he would like yeah. he would have like pre-recorded messages he would tell you shit. Freddy's Nightmares is a show that did not hold up worth the fuck. Hmm. Let's not forget that awesome uh, Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street NES game, which I'm sure lots of collectors all have on their shelf. Although if you actually <laughs> plug it into a Nintendo, the game has nothing to do with Freddy Krueger. <laughs> he also has a board game. Yeah, it does. I, I didn't even know about that board game for years, so recently I started seeing pictures of it pop up online. I, I think all the constant... Uh... Like tie, not so much ties, but anytime you get, and not just Freddie, but anytime you get all this stuff, selling this and selling that, the merchandise thing, I, I think it actually can. I don't say cheapens it, but it's no, just yeah. stupid. It cheapens it. I'm gonna get my Wolverine deodorant when I go to the store this weekend. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I brought that up uh, online and I took a tongue lashing because I, I said that they were selling out going too far and. Uh, Everybody rushed to the aid of Hugh Jackman and the deodorant companies. <laughs> okay, does does the X Men really need? Does that billion dollar franchise really need that check from from Right Guard? <laughs> that's what I was like. To me, that's just stooping to a new low. Like it's different if you get like Mercedes or somebody to sponsor your movie, but fucking well, right. I get like you know your Happy Meal comes with the X Men yeah. toy or maybe something that an X a leather jacket with an X on it. But at what point in time in any X Men movie do they stress to put on deodorant? <laughs> yeah, they. That's what I was thinking. Like maybe right right before the uh, suit up, you see them passing the, the right guard stick around. <laughs> But at least makes sense. <laughs> I would at least excuse it. They also wear. There's also a tie-in with Hanes three-pack underwear. Like, is there a scene where they're all like opening the packages, taking the cheap underwear? <laughs> when, when my son and I, I gotta tell you this real quick. When my, even though the movie's coming to the end, it don't matter. Well, no, I think we still have two and a half hours left. Um, we were leaving a, a restaurant and we saw a family coming in. And one of them, I don't want to say it was a kid because this kid was obviously like probably nineteen, twenty years old. He had his hair comb just like Hugh Jackman. Oh, he was okay. even wearing a, he was even wearing an X Men leather jacket. No, Keep in mind it's no. like it's like ninety degrees. Swear to God, it's like oh. ninety degrees, and he's still wearing his big X Men leather coat. He has the mutton chops, so he, he pudgy, you know, a fucking nerd. He looks at, at me and goes, "What's up?" like that, and I just started laughing. <laughs> Like, I'm laughing, and I'm laughing, and Christian's like, what are you laughing at? And I was like, this nerd, and I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. Let's talk about the end of Freddy. How many women do you think you're going to pick up? Oh, exactly 0.0. <laughs> Unless you find some freak dressed like Storm somewhere. <laughs> It'd probably be some fat girl. Probably. Let's talk about the end there. We you just blew by... Um, she confronts Freddy, and I think that scene is why a lot of people have a problem with this movie as well. Is she actually, instead of, you know, running away from me and scared, she gets in his face and says, you know, I know Jesse's still in there, I still love him. And she actually kisses Freddy in full makeup. I mean, and obviously the thing is, you know, Jesse is inside of Freddy at that point. So, but it was actually Robert Ingle, the full makeup. It just looked strange that they were kissing. But it, but it's actually, I mean, again... 
I think if they if this would have been part four or five, people would have welcomed the change. I just think it'd be in part two. People just didn't like all this weird new whatever. But it actually worked, and there was a cool scene where everything caught fire and Freddy melted. And I thought that puppet that like melted down and like made out of wax or whatever it was. I thought that was a pretty cool effect. I think what hurt it watching it again here is the first one was so much like a slasher movie, and this one's almost like a uh, paranormal, supernatural film. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's tons of shit, you know, doors opening up by themselves and fire popping up out of nowhere and shit. I mean, I definitely agree with you there. They, what was the runtime of the first one? What about an hour forty? I I don't know. Like I said, this one's very short. Um, this one. If by only... short, if by short you mean four hours and eighty two minutes. No, I'm... then yeah, it's real short. But I I think also too when when they made this one part two, like they really had no idea that it's still a franchise. Now part one was ninety one minutes. This one's like mm, four eighty five minutes. So five minutes shorter. Yes, eighty five minute opening scene. And let's talk a little bit because here we're going to have the you know this is very reminiscent of the end of the first film where they go to school and they drive away, you know he gets on the bus, and I thought it was why did he get on a bus? He has a car. Well, do you see his hands? They're all like burned up. Like he can't. What the fuck? He can't drive with his other hand. He got burned up because he was because it was kind of cool. After Freddie melted, he uh, he was like you know sh- like encased in like ash and shit. Jesse was and he had to pull it all off his face. You don't drive. You drive with both hands, or do you drive with one hand? Well, I don't know. Both hands are bandaged up, but but I, I, I no, see. they're not. Only the one is his wrist is bandaged on the other one. He could have been trying. And what's she doing? She has a car too. Why is she on the bus? Well, his car was an old piece of shit too. She don't have a car because she was always getting rides with him in his old piece of shit car. But what a worthless boyfriend! Psychotic. Now he blew a ride to school. Well, I mean, let's just give it away here. This is a dream. Because the their their friend and it doesn't it doesn't make the mistake that the first one did where everybody's alive all of a sudden everybody who died in the movie like they're not showing them, but obviously Freddie's arm is going to pop up out of this girl's like, you know because he's freaking out because he's remembering the dream he had at the beginning of the movie where Freddie was driving the bus and he, he's screaming for the bus driver to slow down he's freaking out and they're like no it's okay Jesse everything's fine and then it turns out it really is Freddie because you know the bus goes off the street at the end and like. Well, not even really so much that. It's, it's just that that arm pops out of that girl's uh, chest or whatever. Now, Why did the bus? He's always driven to school. Why did the bus stop at his house? They have a pre-designated route. They wouldn't even make special exception. Shouldn't he be in jail anyway for killing his friend? Well, that's what I want. That's what I want to kind of wrap up and talk about. I mean, we can like right here watch Freddie's arms going to pop out. Well, that's cool and shocking. The bus drives off the to the desert. The movie ends very quickly. But what do you think really happened to Jesse? Because, he, I mean, we know it was physically him committing all these murders. You know, even if Freddie was possessing him, I'm sure he was leaving his DNA and clues and everything, you know, at all the crime scenes. And, you know, after, you know, you know, she does save him from Freddie, you know, with the love trick and all that kind of stuff. But um, Lisa, that was her name. Kim was the actress's real name. That's why I was confused. But uh, I think... And I shouted because you never hear Jesse referred to ever again in the series. I think, you know, she saved him from Freddy and then, you know, they went home and whatever. And I think he did get locked up for all the murders. What do you think probably happened? Oh, I would assume either got locked up or killed. Yeah. Maybe both. Maybe I mean, at the chair. At the very least, he had to be in the, uh, you know, insane asylum, the Ambrose Asylum or something. 
Or he grew up to be a TV repairman. That could Name be. Horace Pinker. Speaking of the reason I was bitching about uh, Screen Factory backordered shit at Amazon, that was one of the movies I bought, Shocker, just so we could cover it. And now Amazon wants to sit on their asses for the end of time. That, I actually bought that one when it came out because I didn't have the DVD. Yeah, I don't have the DVD either. Actually, I don't but have I, the DVD. I really like the movie, and I've only seen it a few times. I saw the theater, and I've seen it a couple times on cable. But yeah, other than that, I, I like it, but I've only seen it this few times. Yeah, I seen it in the theater, and I think I like re-rented it like years and years ago through Netflix, and then I caught it in HD like on a on, like a really weird movie channel like maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, like Stars and Encore and them show yeah. up once in a while. Yeah, I think I saw it on something weird like MGM HD or some bullshit. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I really obviously enjoyed it when I saw it a couple years ago. So when the Blu-ray came out, I didn't jump on it because I wasn't dying to have it. But as soon as it went on a little bit of a sale, I got it. I always figured that was uh, Wes Craven, like, well, I lost Freddy Krueger franchise. I got to start a new one. You know, it's funny you say it because I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Because, you know, not that he wanted to keep pumping Freddy's out forever. Like, I think he wanted to move on to other shit. But he kind of did lose the control because New Line was just running with the Freddy Krueger shit so much. I think that was his, like, attempt of, like, I'm going to make it and then keep control of it. But, uh, but you know, I mean, I don't think Shocker's nearly as good as A Nightmare on Elm Street, but I think Shocker's better, honestly, than probably half the Elm Street sequels, at least. Oh, easy. Because Elm Street, really, one and three are good movies. Yeah. Four is passable, mm-hmm. but, like, I, I five and six, five was just bad, and six was so corny, it was just fucking stupid. New Nightmare Hat was a great idea, but it just kind of fell apart. Yeah, it, did, it just didn't really, I don't know, it wasn't as powerful as they thought it'd be. But yeah, so that's it, that's it for the ultra short Freddy 2. Because this is so controversial, whatever, like, final thoughts on it. No, you know, kidding aside, like, how much do you like this movie? Do you, do you like it at all? Because I actually really like it. It's it's not, it's I like it better than five and six. I would give this about two out of five stars. Yeah, I would probably give it four out of five stars. Just the corny really, shit. yeah. I mean, I think that corny shit they could have trimmed out and it wouldn't affected the story. But and here's why, like you know, everybody criticized it. I mean, saw one of the the producers on the special feature say, "Well, the you know the problem we had was um, you know we didn't cast another female lead, meaning it wasn't Freddie." But, like, if they just would have done right away in part two, done another girl he was stalking, wouldn't it have seemed like they were just rehashing the first film? You know what I mean? Well, see, but for me, the whole thing, I like the first one because it's, I like slasher movies. I do like a slasher movie. I don't like paranormal movies. So, for me, it's not a question of the movie was a piece of shit. It was just a type of film that I am not a particular fan of. Because they did spend a lot of time setting up like all the spooky shit that was going on in the house and all that. It really, to me, did feel like a Jello film. Yeah, I like. And that. people know how I feel about those movies. <laughs> I, you know, aside from like the corny side shit, I think all the Freddy effects were good in it though. When it came out of the guy's chest and all that kind of shit, so. I don't know. I, I think there's still a lot to like, even if on a story level it doesn't work for some people. And, you know, I think I, you could like it. It's just a film, like you know, yeah. person that loves film, just for the lighting and, and everything. I think was really well done in it. I'll give it that. Yeah, and, and like that's, a, that's cinematically, a, it was very good. I mean, story wise, it wasn't really up to par as the original. But considering how how quickly they pumped out the sequel, the part two, um, 
the look of it didn't really suffer. It didn't look like a rushed movie. It looked like they took their time, you know, with the lighting and stuff and the effects. But but that's it for the much maligned, often made fun of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. I would say... I think to balance it out, we got to do at least one Friday the 13th. Yeah, we do have to get on that. I believe we got to start with part two, right? Because I think part one was 1979. If I'm not oh, I, I, I think we should just do part five, the one everybody hates. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we could, I guess we could do that. I mean, if you think about it, everybody in their grandma has covered the other ones to death. And honestly, when, like, when we did Halloween. Like, I don't even want to do one. Yeah, I really don't either, just because... Now, for the fans out there, let us know. Do you really, you know, 1980smoviegraveyard.gmail.com, is there anybody out there who wants to hear Friday the 13th? Because without mentioning any names, like, there's a lot of podcasts that have done multiple, multiple shows about it. So we've kind of just stayed away from it because it was, at least in our circles, beaten to death, we thought. But maybe the fans would disagree. Doesn't it feel nice to not be in those circles anymore? Well, first of all, I gotta say I don't think those circles really exist anymore. To be quite that's true. Know, but yeah, it, it is nice not to have because um, you know I don't know whatever it was two three years ago. You know there was a lot of podcasts doing a lot of episodes, and I think kind of unfortunately what happened was everybody kind of started you know just just by you know you do that many episodes it's going to happen eventually everybody was just covering the same stuff because they had run out of yeah. stuff to do you know. Interbases, they have their own take on it. And a lot of them did. Yeah. It was usually mine with the exact same words. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, so maybe we'll cover Friday the 13th. Maybe we won't. I can guarantee you, we'll, if you love Freddy, uh, first of all, if you love Freddy and you haven't heard us do the original Nightmare on Street, go check that out. That was maybe the third or fourth episode we ever did. Um, hope you like this one as well. We'll sure we'll be doing actually we should really do uh part three next year in 2017 because i believe that will be the 30th anniversary of that film so and for i'm gonna say it right now mm. i'm giving you plenty of time to prepare we did trick-or-treat last halloween right this halloween i want to do Saint black Kirk. roses black roses okay i, I want to do black can. roses this halloween okay <laughs> Got to keep up with the heavy metal horror trend. Yes, we do. So, unless you have anything else, Corey, I think we're going to go ahead and put the the dirt back on Freddy Part 2 here. If you haven't checked out Dana Brooke, go follow Dana Brooke. Uh, I don't know what any of her handles are. Just Google her and look her up. All right. Dana Brooke at com. Email her. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. So anyway, thanks a lot, guys. Again, thank you so much for the support on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, with the reviews on iTunes, uh, especially with all the downloads. Thank you guys so much. I mean, we started doing this show for fun, obviously, but we obviously, you know, we don't do it in a vacuum. We, we, you know, we want it to be heard, and we like to hear what you guys think about these movies as well. Whole point of the 1980s movie graveyard is try to keep. You know, the tradition of cinema alive that we all grew up on, you know. So, yeah, thanks a lot, retro movie lovers. Until next time. Which, I, I almost slipped up and stole uh, Jelly's tagline of Take It Slow. But which, what should we sign off with, Corey? 
If you have any pictures of Dana Brooks, send them oh. away on the Facebook. <laughs> okay, later, movie lovers. <laughs> You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows, visit electronicmediacollective.com.